Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Mupan. Mupan is a painter out of New York, uh, one of the many talented guys that come out of the Meat House Collective. Um, and I was thinking, you don't actually have any published books of your work, do you, at this no, point? No, only beside those things I do together with Meat House people. Yeah, well, that was many years ago. Since now, I don't do comic anymore, and we haven't done any go. Uh, go for the gold sketchbook collection. So, I haven't published anything so far. Um, but you've never really been a comics guy, so to say. Not really. I just did a little bit. But I'm more into manga when I was younger because uh, the comic looks a bit different to me. The mentality I just can't really reach, register to it. It's a different way of me looking at things. Now, um, I kind of want to get it. I'm interested in your background, because looking at your work, um, history is kind of such an important thing. And I know you're from Taiwan, mm -hmm. uh, now living in New York. Um, mm -hmm. And I was reading a little bit, of it, I want to kind of get more an idea of your kind of artistic upbringing, like what was really driving you as a young guy to get into painting and drawing. Um, I draw since I was very little. and. My father used to bring me, he used to be a military officer. He, will, he would bring me a whole bunch of newsprint, 
blank newsprint. So he just stapled it as sketchbook for me. So since that time, I've been drawing until now, especially sketchbook. And I wasn't good at school. And besides drawing and painting, I really don't have any other thing, any other options. It's uh, either or if I don't do this, either I'll be end up in military or in a gangster. And so that's the easier way just to join a painting. Yeah. Um, now you were living in Taiwan at that point. Yeah. And then when did you come to America? 1997. Okay. And um, Brandon mentioned something. I wonder if you can uh, embellish a little further on it. Is he said that you were in the Taiwanese army? Yeah, that's military. Every whatever has peanuts has to do that. <laughs> uh, and you were well, doing set up to like protect Taiwan from mainland China, which just now uh, really, not really doesn't work. It's not really work like that. And yeah, and because of the political situation since fifties until now, yeah, the, we're still in. Uh, we still have to be ready whenever there's a chance China start attacking Taiwan. And I was in a very easy unit. I was in a I was in a factory actually and a propaganda, a propaganda department in a factory. So all I did was join and do paperwork. And I learned smoking and drinking from there. So <laughs> and, want me to kill anybody I, I have no ability to do that. And you were doing counterfeit money is something not counterfeit money, counterfeit signature. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we have to uh, we have to fake the documents from a meeting. Like we're supposed to do some meeting monthly, and we never do that. And so we have to do that to show the whenever 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 a high rank officer came annually to check our working process. So we have to fake those documents, like records from a meeting. So I have to fake. Other whoever attend a meeting use different ink, different color of ink, to roll differently and yeah and then yeah that was uh, that was no big deal it's just and we yeah I never use that for anything else maybe I did but I'm not gonna tell you what I what I did <laughs> yeah. um, now was military service something you had to do um... Like, did you have a choice, or was that something you decided to do? That's mandatory. You just have to you have to serve for two yep. years. Now it's shorter, and I like military the system because I like everything keeping order. But just um, you don't have much freedom, and you get lazy later on. It's it's uh it's ironic because you go there to learn discipline, but later in the end you just be, you just numb. You become assistant, and then you, you don't care anymore. Yeah, you just do what you want. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had you always been interested in the the history between uh, mainland China and Taiwan? Um, I'm more interested in the history in China because I see Taiwan is still a part of China. People don't agree with that and screw them. I don't care. But my political view is China's China doesn't mean the Republic China or People Republic of China. 
it's just uh, whatever happened right now, just a part of a history. It's one chapter of the history, which will be even less than a page 100 years later. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of history, not just China. I also read some Japanese history, American history. I found it fascinating because it's story, the storytelling with characters. And those characters become a legend. And, and nobody really knows what they really did. So it has some romantic feeling toward those historical figures. That's why I like history. It's more about people, not than what happened. Is that why, like, when you say pick figures like the Gang of Four, um, it's kind of less of who exactly they are, but kind of the ideas that they represent? Yeah. Pretty much. Now, is your family originally from China, like from mainland China, and immigrated? Both my mother and father's side grandparents were from China in uh, 1949 after Mao took power and they have to flee to Taiwan with the KMT government. And I grew up in the military compound, which is rare. My, I'm the third generation of mainline Chinese in Taiwan. Usually people, the second generation already mess, already mix with the, the local. And I'm the rare case because both my parents were still just, they're, they're their parents are from China, so I'm very one of those few are still 100% mainland descendant. Now, had had this kind of interest in historical work always fed in to the paintings you had done, or um, kind of the more you learn things, the more you kind of bring in. The more, more the thing I more, more I learn things, more I bring in because you don't want to make something that people will laugh at you. Oh, you don't know shit like that. So, and also, more you learn, you find out how much you don't know, especially history. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of reading to do, and I don't have that much time, and I read very slow. So I just do very carefully of what I know, and to cover up my lack of knowledge, so I make it, I make it some, I put some, I make it funnier than how it is. I make it a little bit ironic, so people can, People won't make won't really pay attention on um, how much or how little I know. Ha! <laughs>
you um when you went to the school of visual arts in new york had you already lived in the u.s for some time yes that's my first year i enter in february that year and then i enter in september the same year so, so like eight months a month and without much english even now still <laughs> Um, trust me, your English would be a lot better than me in any other language. <laughs> um, what was that experience like for you coming from there and just going right into the school in the middle of New York? I was very young that time, so everything to me was fresh. I was less bitter. Um, I was pretty much like all those young people came here to study. You want to experience a new thing, you feel like in a different country, and whoa, New York, in America. You have, to, you have totally free and you're in the coolest place in the world. But later on, I stay here longer. It's everything and not a sentence where you're from. But I, it was very uh, a cultural conflict in the beginning because whatever I thought of New York was not really what I really see, what I really saw here. And, but it's easy to adjust because New York has so many people from different culture, and I'm not, I wasn't the only one. Even now, still people like me come here every year. So it's pretty much for, very easy for everybody to live here. I have to say that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more expensive. Did you connect with your fellow students pretty quickly? Because I know Meat House kind of came out of there. Yeah, in the beginning I had a little, then, yeah, actually, they're very cool people though, especially Pharaoh. James, Tomer, those people, and James took me to Me House actually, and he brought me to he brought me to Me Pharaoh, and he told him hey, I'm doing some comic book with some people. You want to come with me? Yeah, sure. So he asked me to bring cup cup of my sketchbook, and they had a meeting in Pharaoh's apartment. So I went there, and I showed Pharaoh my work. Pharaoh like immediately. And I remember first thing I said to Pharaoh, and I saw his bed, and I asked him, uh, was that your bed, Pharaoh? And I said, yeah. And I jump on it, and I say, I'm going to masturbate on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my first conversation with Pharaoh. Yeah, he liked me immediately after. <laughs> I, I can already see his face. Uh, <laughs> um it's a, it's just, it's really, for me, I have a lot of interest in Meat Houses because, like, the kind of range of different types of artists that came out of there, and you guys all kind of connected and then went off into completely different directions. And I wonder how much, like, creative uh, juices you would get off each other. Mm, it's very... It's funny that we never be very, we we're not competitive when we're there doing comic together. We just appreciate everybody's work. And mm -hmm. seriously, everybody doing different things. And, and me has not, it's not really, it wasn't really a comic book collection for comics. So I never did like really comic like work for me house. I just did almost sketchbook drawing or illustration type and with sequential drawing with just single friend, not like sequential as a comic page. And everybody has, it's so cool. Everybody, everybody was very good in their own way, like Pharaoh's cynical story. And James very poetic, 
and Pharaoh has his fantasy with a little black kid with wings, and yeah, some other thing. Actually, I never really read that. I only read myself. <laughs> I only read my my own drawing when I get a book, and yeah. But we are good friends. We're good friends for many years, so it's like a social. It's like a social social thing for for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's too bad now. Like only. Only two people still left in New York, and the most of people they all went away. Isao's in L.A. and Pharaoh is in, I think Pharaoh is in Oregon or something. Yeah. yeah, he's in Portland. Yeah, he's in Portland. And I just found out that Brandon was Brandon is in Canada now. So yeah, and then we we haven't get a chance to meet for mm. over. Well, it's it's been a while. <laughs> it's uh it's it's amazing how time flies. I was looking at your meat house stuff and you mentioned the the one that are kind of sequential and it seems like the stories were kind of more like they weren't really stories but just kind of thinking about things. They're just ideas you were exploring. Mm -hmm. Just like concepts. Hmm. And is that kind of indicative or kind of like what I would see in your sketchbooks as you like that's the way that I draw my sketchbook. And I'm really curious about how, um, because I mean, your your paintings they're so complex and there's so much in there. And in, like in the background, I can see you've got your cam on, and I can see this huge painting behind you, which I have no idea how wide that is, but I'm presuming probably what five feet. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's I don't know how it's ninety ninety inches wide and. Forty inches long, tall. Okay. Right now, yeah. Like, that's big. <laughs> a lot more than five <laughs> feet. <laughs> um, sure. And so I'm just wondering about that process for yourself of kind of going from how you take the ideas from the sketchbook and bring it to the painting. Is there a connection there? Um, painting is the extension of my sketchbook drawing. I usually have my idea, um, I usually put my idea first in my sketchbook because I, sketchbook is the copy of my brand and I feel most intimate when I draw a sketchbook. I can do it whole day, whole night if I don't have anything better to do. And because it's personal, I don't have to, I could be slacking off, I can just do the way I want. I don't have to make it to to be, I don't have to be too serious, even though I am serious when I was making them. And once I, I, I'm satisfied about an idea or the thing I drew, and I want to develop it, so I will make it, I'll move to a panel, but it's not going to be the, exactly the same image. I do the next something after that image. So this way, if you look at my, if you go to my website, you see my sketchbook drawing and my painting section. You can find out they are kind of in they kind of jump back, they are jumping back and forth, back and forth. To they have a continuation. Yeah, sometimes just something from the sketchbook became a series of of a painting. Do you find, um, like, say you draw something a long time ago, and then you go back to that sketchbook and take ideas from the past? Uh, yeah, but I develop it. Mm -hmm. to make to something, next something. The subjects, I want to talk a little bit more about 
your interest in history and can it maybe some of the particular paintings that mm-hmm. you've, you've worked on um, kind of covering points in time in history. Um, I was looking through your blog and you talk a bunch about the KMT and I'm wondering about that kind of interest. The mm-hmm. folks that don't know the, the Chinese nationalist part of the Kuomintang. Did I pronounce mm-hmm. it right? No, yes. I did a I did a brief course in in Chinese history. In oh, university. good. good. I, uh, I well six months, <laughs> two semesters, so it was a lot of stuff. But still, yeah, like um, kind of how you take that interest and that research and bring it into your painting. Because um, it's very complicated, and to me, my my grand my great grandfather Guomindang, my grandfather Guomindang. And my father too, he was going down. And we used to be, when I was in Taiwan, when I was growing up, I was really brainwashed by the Kuomintang, uh, Kuomintang government. Their, all the history we studied was just propaganda to praise Chiang Kai-shek and then to say how wrong the Communist Party was. And they, everything's not really what exactly what happened. But if you go to China, they told us it's the other way around too. They just tell Guomindang is alpha, Guomindang is evil. They they exploit uh, pe- peasants and laborers. They only those landowners can have a better life, whatever. That's why revolution started. But to me I because still um because of these two party, not two party, Chiang Kai Shen and Mao, those two people, they completely screwed up the people in China and Taiwan for decades. Mm-hmm. And then those two people ruined the history and then they went to different direction. Uh, I think I would say Mao done more damage to people because China got more people. And also the Cultural Revolution was the worst thing ever happened to the human history in the, just in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And when during the 50s and there was time called the white horror period white terror period and you cannot say anything that has anything related to communist party well if you do that you'll get imprisoned you'll be tortured you'll be disappeared sometimes and then also i'm huge influenced by one writer in taiwan who was from mainland china too when he was 14 and he is a politician former politician and he's a historian. He is very critical about whatever the government's doing right now in Taiwan. And he's not pro either party, but he's just said the truth. And then he always find evidence from the history to show that what's really happened. And I want to be person like that to, because I care about the future of entire China, entire China, Chinese come, uh, Chinese population in the world, and then, of course, I want China to be a better country, and then people can live really happily without those corruption, and we can really be proud of who we are instead of being those bearing those bad reputation in international. And that's the only thing I can do for my culture and for my for the history as being a Chinese. And my power is very little, very limited, and I'm not even that well known. But just I just use whatever I I just do whatever I can to contribute. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to keep doing that until I find something more interesting. <laughs> yeah. and, and part of the, the work that you do, um, it's very violent. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering about that kind of displaying that violence. Is that kind of a response of like what you're reading about these horrible things that happen and kind of processing it? No, actually, you see a lot of violence in my image. They're kind of that's that's my influence from cartoon and manga. Usually, my violence are kind of cute if you really look at it. It's yeah. like Bugs Bunny being hit by something, and then like they're like Quentin Tarantino's violence. I don't do anything gruesome. I like violent, but I do violent things. But compared to what we see right now, my violent imagery is nothing. Seriously, compared to those videos again, video games. Mm -hmm. Call of Duty, whatever. Those, those, those are really violent. Mine's still cartoon. And the thing really happened, those horrible things in history, you cannot, you cannot use any image to describe that. You have yeah. to, that, that kind of pens too deep. I don't think, only, only writing, only writing or oral tradition, through oral tradition writing, you can really show that. Because that's image you have to, Either you experience it or you imagine it. You, you imagine it. I don't think any illustration or even movie, or whatever, can really show you that. You can really experience it from that kind of the media. When you say oral tradition, do you mean like talking to people? Talking to story that have, yeah. have had these experiences. Yes. Yes. Is that something you've done yourself? Sought out? Um, no, I'm really not good at talking, but I like to listen to stories. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I said on one interview before, um, yeah, like my mother used, when I was a kid, my, before my mother left for work, she would record, she would read a storybook and record it to a tape, to tape it. And during the daytime, I could just play the tape, the, the story, the, her story reading. And I just listened to the story and draw my sketchbook when I was a kid. So listen to the story is a big part for, it's big part, big part for me in my life. Even now, when I'm working, I still try to find something related, like storytelling thing, through internet. Without that, I can't really work. I can't really concentrate on working. And I don't like to listen to music. So I still try to find whatever I can, the storytelling I can. While you're painting. Yeah. Now, you were talking uh, about your paintings and about how they're kind of, they're comical, kind of funny, um, and and I think for me one of the things that's, that strikes us is just they're they're kind of funny in their their I don't want to use I don't want to say extreme but mm -hmm. you get like these like really like rough visceral animals like the paintings of the tigers with the giant penises. <laughs> oh yeah, that okay. Let me, I'm looking at it right now. Oh the the tiger dick of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh i mean it, it's it's an amazing image and it's like a strong powerful image um maybe you could tell me a little more about about that one okay let me print it up now it's uh the dog of morality here yeah that one because uh <laughs> I was, somebody asked me to do for their publication. They have to have a, they gave you a subject and you have to come up with an image from that. And the one I got is body. 
and uh, come on, like your body's your best body. So the title is called Brothers. So it's a dog with a tiger penis and your brother fight for you and you love your brother. And that's what we do. <laughs> Once, yeah, I, I, would, I wish I could have something like that. I mean, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the tiger head penis. This is what I mean. Tiger head penis. Yeah, tiger penis. Yeah. No, I want an elephant one. I want an elephant from Lord of the Rings. Second one. <laughs> that one's a big one. Yeah. Uh, or a rhinosaur. That's the best. Sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams The way you sing off key The way you haunt my dreams No, no can't take that away from me we may never never meet again on the bumpy road to love still I'll always always keep the memory of the way you hold your knife the way we dance till the way you've changed my life No, no, they can't take that away from me No, they can't take that away from me The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea memory of all that no no they can't take that away from me the way your smile just beams the way you sing of key the way you haunt my dreams no no they can't take that away from me we may never, never meet again on the bumpy road to love. Still, I always, always keep the memory of us. the way you hold your knife, the way we dance till three, the way you change my life. No, no, they can't take that away from me. No, they can't take that away from me. Swing it, boys.
always keep the memory of yeah, the way you hold your knife, the way we dance till three, the way you change my life. No, no, they can't take that away from me. No, they can't take that away from me. Will you repeat that again, dearie, please? No, they can't take that away from me. Now, at SVA, what, who are some of the teachers that uh, that you saw that kind of stood out and kind of had a good impact on what you're doing and what you wanted to do with your art? Like, did they provide kind of direction for you, or? Yeah, so one, my this is my favorite teacher. His name is Ju Chang. Yeah, he gave me a lot of ideas beyond the illustration, beyond drawing and painting. He's more like philosophy. He he has a lot of philosophy and theory, and the most he told me the most important thing is how to live a life as who you are. I used to feel ashamed of my work. It looks ah so cartoony. People don't take it serious, and they say, "Why not?" Yo, so because in New York, those mainstream art world are very pretentious. That's what I that's what that's how I feel, and. I always tell people I'm not an artist. I just I'm just a retail like to draw, and so I don't really been aware of what's going on in our world. And he gave me the idea of if people think he told me that if people think your work is cartoony looking, and make it more cartoony. So, yeah, and we still remain good friends, and I still go to his place to practice life drawing. Uh, a lot, and yeah, pretty much that's it. And yeah, he said many things because I know him for more than ten years. So all of a sudden, I can remember some funny thing and interesting he said. But usually, yeah, the one thing he told me before was, "Hey, move! If you masturbate, try to put lipstick on your hand. You feel different." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best thing. They're really creative. They're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a new form of the stranger. Yeah. Uh, now, the the work you're doing, um, do you just kind of do what you want? Like, I I was looking through, and I don't think I saw you do any illustration work. Has I only done three illustration since I graduated from until now. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I have a problem with taking directions, and yeah, like in the beginning, the, those art directors they like it, and then they call me, and then because all my work are personal, so once you assign me something, I'm not into it. So the quality of the work got decreased a lot, and that's not what they expected. Before they, that's what they expected. So they don't call me again, and I don't really like doing that either. And once you told me to draw somebody I don't even know, I just really don't want to do that. And yeah, yeah that's why I'm not pursuing that. Now, your recent work you've been doing um, 
these kind of big the frog wars mm -hmm. um and is that have you been doing that stuff for a while is that kind of a direction you've been going in i think it just goes na natural uh Past few years, I've been doing those big oil painting, like semi abstract, semi storytelling, figurative. Uh, up to uh, up to two years ago, I started go back to I went back to watercolor and doing little, just completely figurative and pretty much like my 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 story uh, my sketchbook. And I found out more. I could find a feeling. Oh yeah, I can do it nonstop again. Before I was doing oil painting, I don't know what I was doing. I really painful because I have a stupid mentality that if you don't do oil, you don't do big, you don't do it like weird, and people won't think you're a painter. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stay in me, and then stop from me, stop me from being myself, and stop me from like being happy about who I am for a while. And then just once I depress again, I fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I just start trying to do something that makes myself happy. And I went nonstop, and then I, that time I really said, you know what, that's it. I will never do anything that I don't feel like again. So that's the direction from that time until now. The watercolor you see with those animal, human face animal and frog wall and some historical figure fighting giant animals, and monsters. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, with watercolor I guess you can get a lot more immediate with what you're making. It's cheaper. <laughs> and I don't have to clean up right after every time I pin. Now I'm using acrylic again. Acrylic now, not not again. Yeah, because the I use the same technique as my watercolor, and and I use uh, the wood panel instead of paper because uh, I don't want to. Before I use paper, I thought it was cheaper, and they end up to spend so much money to friend. So forget <laughs> I'm using panel. Yeah. I guess especially when you're doing 90 inches wide, that's right. to frame. Yeah, and then like the paper is half of me to shape, half of me to to store, and it's easy to preserve too. Mm -hmm. I know, yeah. Especially and also acrylic lasts longer than watercolor. Watercolor will fade eventually, even though we're not gonna live that long, but still. Do you have any shows coming up? Or yes. you're working towards a show? Um, yes, this this month, the end of this month, I have a group show in school visual art. And my teacher, Thomas Woodrow, he created a show. He selected 18 alumni from illustration department, whoever yeah, graduated from the program. And then he put together a storytelling painting type of work to promote his new curriculum about figurative painting like non-editorial illustration, mm -hmm. but it's illustration, but in gallery. Yeah. And many, James show, James gonna be in too. James oh, okay. piece, yeah. And other people, I don't care much. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and any more solo shows? I know you did one solo show in Germany. And next May, yeah, next May will be my first solo in Los Angeles. It's gonna be in Corporal. Copro Gallery in Santa Monica, which um, I'm working on that show right now. But it's hard. I don't have much time since my baby was born last month. I mean, a couple months ago, and I try to find time to work on it. Work on it. And after that show, will be another solo in November 
in Copenhagen. So I really don't have time. And then after that, 2014 will be might be a show in Giant Robot Gallery again in LA. And you have to produce new work for each show. Yes, yes, I always do new work, even though I, even though I'm slow now, I'm still faster than plenty of people. How long <laughs> um, would a 40 by 90 painting take you? It depends how crazy the detail is. Like the big one, the one with a gazella fighting with a giant squid, which was commissioned by Guillermo del Toro, that piece. That took me really long. That took me, that took me about two months. And the, the one that took me longest was the Gamela on top of the aircraft carrier fighting kamikaze. That took me almost three months. Now, when you get a commission, like that does he basically like i want to see something with the squid and godzilla and you just kind of go from there yeah he actually when i got an email i didn't know who he was and i asked my wife oh i got it's a guy who's next guillermo he wants to come godzilla and then <laughs> and then my wife said what guillermo the turtle the yeah who, the, who is he and then you know him he did uh, he's a filmmaker of uh hans Lebrens. and that was oh my god that was him <laughs> and yeah, and then he just he asked me, "Do I want to do a gazella fighting with giant squid?" And then and I said, "Oh yeah, sure." And then beside that, I gonna do whatever I want. And he said, "Oh, I'm," and he said he's cool with that. So I end up doing put some Chinese history in the background. So yeah, that's what happened. What were some of the historical things you put in the background of that one? Um, that one is the the first Sino-Japan War in 1894. It has the, the that's the war that the Qing government lost to Japan and gave Taiwan to mm -hmm. Japan. Yeah, that was a very bitter war. That was after China China had also been pretty devastated by Europe with the yeah. um yeah. That was that was during Dowager's time, the bitch Dowager, yeah. The Queen Dowager, yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the nineteen forty three. That was four two, yeah. And that one was from the same series as the the work you'd done, the the Godzilla one. Like, was that a follow up to that? No, that was before that. The Godzilla was the latest one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one was the Shinsengumi was the first. Was the first one, actually no, sorry, the 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 loyal forty seven Ronin was the first one of the series. It wasn't. It was not to be a series to begin with. Planned to be a series to begin with. I just and that was the most. That's my favorite one. This one, that one's actually about the Japanese. I saw the you see the documentary the whole right the whole I think yeah the name. The about Japanese fisher they kill a whole bunch of dolphins. And I haven't seen it, but I think I've heard about it. Yeah, that's because I saw that one, and then that time Omo also that year the the tsunami happened, and then the nuclear, the Taichi, the new, the nuclear, the nuclear in uh, Fukushima. Yeah, Fukushima. Yeah, and so. And then I think, okay, I'm gonna do the 47 rounding, the killing dolphins. And then the dolphins, the dolphins form a big wave, become tsunami. And then the, 
the Godzilla symbol of the the symbol of the nuclear power. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after that, and then the person who bought that, his friend liked it, and then he commissioned me for the. He asked me, "Can I do a continuation of uh, Mothra?" So I came out idea with Mothra fighting otaku in Akihabara in Japan with the Shinsengumi, which is the the those uh, samurai court who protects shogun. Pretty okay. much Senai. Senai idea is Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. In the back, in the end of the Tokugawa Edo period. And and then after this piece, he wants a camera, so I did a camera one with a kamikaze. And then Guillermo saw that one, and he asked me for the the latest the Godzilla with the giant squid. Is there anything you're reading right now on history, or w with kind of the more time you have to spend on your paintings, the less time you have to like to read and listen? Um, I not really anything serious right now. I'm just uh, I always have a book about China. Always there's a book about China by my bed. <laughs> I just read like a couple pages before I go to sleep. And now I I really don't have much time now. So whenever I get a chance, I just take a nap and work on my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And but again, when I paint, when I work, I listen to the storytelling thing or find something history-related subject on YouTube or Chinese website. Some history podcast, maybe. Yeah, something like that, or some or some historical drama. They're the worst, but they're so fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's the drama that draws you in. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm not a sophisticated at all. <laughs> well, thank you, Mu, for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank um, you, thank I, you. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'm a big fan of your work. And, thank uh, you so much. Your paintings really blow me away. Uh, reminder, folks, I've been talking to Mu Pan, and you can check out his website at mupan.com um, for more. And hopefully, one day soon, there's a fancy art book. I would love to see. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs>